you will this morning, turn with me to our text, which will be found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. That's 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Let us pray. O oh Lord, how great Thou art, how merciful Thou art, how loving Thou art. O oh Lord, I pray at this hour that You would be so pleased to reveal to us Thy perfect love. That, Lord, all the things that are in our minds, all the fears that we have, would be answered in Thy love. They would be dri- driven out by Thy love. And, Lord, we would have the heavens open this morning, that we would understand more of Thy love. Oh, Lord, bring us to that table. Bring us to feast upon Thee. I pray for those, Lord, who are not here this morning for many reasons that are known unto Thee. I pray, Lord, that Thy love would be upon them and unite them here also in this message, that Thy Spirit would speak to us this day of how great Thou art. Shed Thy love abroad in our hearts that we may love You, for we know we can't do anything without you. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. How needful this morning is that perfect love. How needful to feel it. How needful to live it. How needful to understand it. John in this epistle, which by the way, this epistle is about Christ's love to us. It's about Christ's love for us. And it's about Christ's love in us. And if you heard all three of those things, you heard that Christ is first. This is about Christ's love. You and I today have been on this earth long enough. We've had enough experience in loving things and people in this world that we know that our love is not perfect. I hope by now that all, if not many of you, have experienced His perfect love. Our text tells us today that this perfect love is the only thing that can cast out fears. And we have many of them. This perfect love, John mentions four times in this epistle. If you just turn back a page, at least it's a page for me, the first time he mentions it is over here in verse John 1, verse two, chapter 2, verse 5. We learn something right off the bat about this perfect love. He says, Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Obedience, dear ones, can only be performed by the perfect love of God that's in his Son. That's what John tells us. Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily, is the love of God perfected. That's how the love of God is brought out. That's how the love of God is manifested. When we walk in His ways, when we do what He has written for us to do, how is that done? By His love. That's what John tells us. That's how important this perfect love is. How can we obey the precepts? 
How can we obey the things the Lord tells us? That if you're in obedience here, if you love me, keep my commandments. They're kept in Christ. They're kept by Christ. That's the love that he sheds abroad in our hearts. And that's the first place it's mentioned. Now it's mentioned three times in our chapter this morning. In chapter 4. If you go over to 4 and you look here at the beginning of 4 in verse 12. It's not really the beginning, but in verse 12 he says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. There's no way to love one another with this perfect love unless it's his love perfected in us. So when we fall short to loving one another, when we fall short, we have those bad thoughts or those hard thoughts toward those brethren that are in this room and the brethren that are throughout the world today. If we have those thoughts, that's not perfect love. Perfect love is laid out for us in Christ in 1 Corinthians 13. We'll talk more about that later. But then, we won't dwell on these because we're going to come back to them, but look at verse 17. He tells us something else very important about this love. Herein is our love made perfect. Our love imputed to us. That's what 19 tells us. We love Him because He first loved us. So that love is made perfect. And then John says something miraculous because it is a deep fear of ours. He tells us that our love is made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. It's a day all of our lives that in our fallen nature we have feared. We have feared because we're sinners. The world fears this day. Everyone fears this day. This day, this judgment day that God will bring everyone before Him in righteous judgment. But what we're told this morning is this perfect love that Christ has for His people will give us boldness in that day. That we won't stand there in that day saying, oh, is the terror of God going to be upon us? Is the wrath of God going to come down upon us? No. We will be wrapped in His love. We will be wrapped in His righteousness. We will, have, we will be sinless before Him. That's what His love reveals to us. That's a fear that it casts out. Remember, our text this morning is talking, and that's where we head now, the 18. There's no fear in love. This is the fourth time it's mentioned. But perfect love casts out fear. That's what we're talking about. John, and if you read his epistle, his main epistle in the gospel, he always referred to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. You ever wonder about that? Why would John refer to it? He was such in awe of the love of God that God could love a sinner like him. That Christ would lay down his life, as John tells us in his epistle, for a sinner like him. It was a deep awe and thankfulness of John as he penned those words. As the Holy Spirit said, you're in awe of that love. And it was true. John, that's why John referred to himself in that way. 
He counted that above anything. If the Lord loves me, I have no reason to fear. Do you feel that way today? If the Lord loves me, I have no reason to fear. We're, we're, this week we have a, a day in our nation that celebrates fear, that celebrates torment, that celebrates things like that. That's the way our fallen nature in this world is. But Christ's love is what casts that out. We have fears on the horizon every time we see and think about things that could change in this nation. What changes? What alters that fear? His perfect love. It casts it out. It reveals to us who is reigning. It reveals to us who's on the throne. It reveals to us that he died for us. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Because in our passage today, if you back up with me, over here to verse uh, 7, my Bible has a heading that begins this section. It's called the source of love. And, it, and, and we already heard the source of love today in verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. So now, as we examine this section where our text is sitting, in this section, John deals with things that we're fearful of. We already touched on one a little bit, Judgment Day. But we also are going to come back to that because we've got to see how this flows. So if you go back to 7, he, the, John writes this. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now we already know what our text is. Perfect love that cast out fear. Fear has torment. So this love that John is talking about is a love that's of God. It originates in God. It is given through His Son. That love is something that John says that everyone that's born of God will receive that love. Everyone who has tasted of the new birth will receive of that love. And this is so important because the, all, the, the opposite to that is if you have not been born again, if the Lord has not revealed himself to you in that way, you can't experience perfect love. You have a counterfeit love. That love you have will not cast out fear, the tormenting fear. It can't. It's incapable of it. And John tells us something. He says, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God. And look what the last part says, and knoweth God. The love of God that he sheds abroad in our hearts reveals to us who God is. It reveals to us that perfect sacrifice. The last time I was up here, we spoke of the blood. We sang this morning about the blood of Christ. That's the only thing that can cleanse us. What is that? That's love. Greater love has no man than a man laid down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for his children. His blood flowed, flowed freely. That blood covers the multitude of sins. What was that? That's love. That's the love that John is writing about. This love that's born of God. And that, God, that love is the only way 
that we can understand God and know God. It's by His love. So the first thing we see this morning in this antidote to fear, how is it we don't fear? Is if we know God. Love reveals the knowledge of God and who God is. Isn't it true? Think with me for a moment. In all the fearful times that come up in our life, isn't it true that those tormenting fears come from unbelief? You truly don't believe that God's going to deliver you. You truly don't believe. You can dress it up all you want. You can say, oh, no, no, that's not it. But at the core, that's what it is. That's why we fear dates in the future, whether they're doctor dates, whether they're political dates, whether they're financial dates. We fear those days because of unbelief. We don't trust Him. So when we hear these words spoken that everyone that's, that loveth is born of God, that perfect love that we're told about leads to knowledge. It's the only way we can understand it. In, by and in this love. In verse 8 he says, He that loveth not knoweth not God. That, we've already discussed that. For God is love. There's no way to know God without this love being shed abroad in your heart. Theological schools are full of people. Churches today are full of people. There's people all over this world professing to love God. But the Word of God tells us that if this love, if this love right here that John is talking about, that's born of God, is not in you, it is impossible for you to know God and to love God. So if we don't have the love of God, we have no knowledge of Him. And we don't understand Him. You know, faith and love work hand in hand. I think Paul told us that in Galatians. He said, faith worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. We, we're given faith and we're giving love to love Him, but to embrace that faith that He gives us. Turn with me while we're, while we're thinking about this. Just turn with me over to 1 Corinthians 13 a moment. And, and, and let's pay attention to how this begins. Um, sometimes we don't give enough thought to how it begins, what, Paul's, what Paul is writing here, because we go right into what love is. Love is kind. Love is, and all that is very important because it's descriptive of Christ's love and how he, how he reveals that love to us. But at the beginning of this, he, he shares with us something about the necessity of Christ's love. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not charity, and that charity is the love of Christ, if I have not the love of Christ, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So he can speak with the greatest speakers on this earth. He could speak the voice of an angel. And if he doesn't have the love of Christ, he's really speaking nothing. He's a tinkling symbol. Then he says, I may have the gift of prophecy. I may have the gift to be able to teach all men. And I could understand all mysteries. I can have all the knowledge to figure out all the deep things in this life. And I, I can feel like I'm really figuring things out. And I can understand all the mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith, this isn't the faith of the Son of God. This is the faith that's available in this life. Can we believe? Oh, absolutely. It's a lot easier to believe in times of 
pleasance when things are going right in our life. It's so much easier to believe. And that belief can move mountains. But if you have not love, that love that works with faith, you have nothing. That's the importance of this perfect love. And then he says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I can do all these works. I can, I can put others above myself. I can take everything I have, lay it up in a storehouse, and then go buy everything I can for as many people as I can. That's good and noble works. And if I do that and feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, I could stand as many of of the saints of old did. And they stood and they said, I will not denounce the Lord Jesus Christ. And we could stand there and we can do that out of a sense of duty. Out of a sense of that's the right thing to do. And if we're not filled with the love of Christ, if it's not the love of Christ that's constraining us, if it's not this perfect love, then Paul said, I am nothing. Well, no, he said, it profits me nothing. It profits me nothing. It's of no good. So we see, as we go back to our text, we see... The emphasis John puts on this perfect love, this love being born of God, the source of it, where it comes from, and what it can do. So when we get down to our text this morning, we've already heard of all of these action words that love does. Love gives knowledge of God. Love brings us to the table to be taught. They all must be taught of God. How are we taught? We're brought and constrained by His love, His perfect love. We can't be taught when our love is mingling with God's love. Oh, I love you, Lord, so I'm going to come today at your feet and I'm going to learn of you. That's backwards. The Lord does the work, then we're brought to His feet, and then He opens the storehouses, and then we're blessed by His love and His knowledge. That's how that works. That's what He tells us in our text today, at the end of our text. We love Him because He first loved us. This love is born of God. And then in verse 9, he says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. What is our text this morning? This perfect love cast out fear. Do you have fear to live this morning? I hear it all the time. I'm fearful. we got COVID-19 all around us. I'm fearful to go here because people are there. I understand that. I say those things daily. I'm fearful to do this. I'm fearful to do that. I'm fearful because this world is so wicked. I'm fearful for my girls to drive out to the mall by themselves. I'm fearful for my boys to drive across town by themselves. These things are real to me because I read the headlines and I see what wickedness abounds in this country and what wickedness abounds in this world and that fear is there and it's hard to live it's a debilitating fear it cripples you and then you fear that that god doesn't love you and that cripples you and you fear that god didn't die for your sins and that cripples you And then you come to a great, like this ordinance that we have set before us today in the Lord's Supper, when the Lord told His people to do it in remembrance of Him. Not remembrance of you. 
in remembrance of Him. Love constrains us to come to this table. It's the love of the Lord. The love that fills our heart that says, this is what the Lord did for me. He laid down His life for me. He gave His body and shed His blood for me. That's the reason of the Lord's Supper. That's to do in remembrance of Him. And fear tells us we're not worthy of that. But this isn't about fear. It's about love. I battled that a lot. I'm unworthy. Look at all the things I did this week. Look, look how bad I was this morning. It's not about the love of Christ. Cast out those fears. I can't be God's child because I do these things. No, the love of Christ. Cast that out. That's how He teaches us to live in this world. Did you get that in this text? Did you read that in this verse? When God sent His only begotten Son in the world that we might live through Him? This is how he manifested this love to us. This love that cast out fear. The fear to live in this world. That's why he says what he says in 18. He's already covered all these things that beset the children of God. Do you know how much depth is in that passage? To you it might be deeper than me. Because you there are being revealed if the Holy Spirit is willing this morning. What makes this life fearful to you? Your fears are different than my fears, but they're just as real to the one that they're afflicting. And that torment comes, and that torment just lays siege of your mind and lays siege of your body and seizes upon you. And you can't act, and you can't... What is going to cause us to live? The love of Christ. That's what John tells us, that we might live through Him. He sent His Son to die in our place that's what he did he sent his son to die in our place that we are shielded from that wrath that wrath for those sins has been poured out that penalty has been paid but what makes us fear the wages of sin is death I'm to die for that no he stood in my place he died for me that's the love of Christ that constrains us that's the only antidote you'll have for fear. The fears that have torment. So then you go to verse 10. He says, here in his love again. Not that we love God. Understand that the source is in God. He is the motivating work of our love. He is the imputer of our love. We have love to him because he loved us. There's no other way. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And here's the next one. He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Because we are fearful of how sinful we are and what is worthy, that we are worthy to have the wrath of God poured out upon us. That's what has made it so hard at times to partake in this supper. We hear those things about doing it unworthily and immediately our thoughts come to ourselves. Oh, I am unworthy. It's not about you and me. It's about Him. We know that by His love. We know that. He casts that fear out because He is the propitiation for us. He did satisfy God's justice. He's so holy and just. We read that in the Word of God. We read that in His laws. We read that in His... His ways. If you can't see the justice and holiness of God, you're not reading this book. If that's hidden from you, He is so pure. 
His eyes cannot even look upon sin. How can we be just before this God? How? We know the text that Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And all three of those go hand in hand. Power, power to shed that love abroad in our heart. Power to believe. And power to subdue the mind. Boy, we need that, don't we? Subdue the mind. This is love. He loved us that He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He sent His Son to stand in our place as a perfect substitute. He took that wrath away. He took that fear of that wrath away because of his son. Turn with me over to Romans 3 real quick. We'll see this laid out for us in um, let's just start at 23, because that's that's the magnifier, isn't it? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when the Holy Spirit reveals that to you, terror comes. I've sinned. I'm short to the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. There's terror in that. But, here's what the Word says. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth, has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. There's that blood again. There's faith. There's love. Look how it all works together. Look how it re- to reveal what Christ's perfect sacrifice, what's in that sacrifice. Not that just He was a lamb without spot, but what's the power in that sacrifice? What has it done? It's washed our sins away. He has stood in our place. He took the, the penal wrath, the wrath upon those, the just due of those sins. You are guilty. The sin must be punished because I'm a holy and just God. It in your substitute, the one who has stood in our place. That's that love that reveals what Christ did for us is how we can love one another and how we love God first and foremost. And that what Jesus said: love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul. How do we do that? The love of God shed abroad in our heart. No other way. Not gonna find it in a book. You're not even gonna find it in this book. We can't obey this book not without His love, not without His power, not without Him. He's what we celebrate today. His body that was broken. His blood that was shed. That casts out fear. It does for me. When the Lord reveals that to me and shows that I'm in that number, what do I have to fear? What really do I have to fear? If God is for me, who can be against me? Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. That's what His blood it justifies us so we can stand where we'll talk about here. That's where we're headed again. How can we stand? How? So back to our text. 
Look at verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Absolutely. The only way that's going to take place is if God so loved us first. God's love is perfect. Christ's love is perfect. We can't love one another without Christ's love. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us. That's the revelation of Christ. You want to know if you're a child of God? Do you love the brethren? Do you pray for the brethren out of love? Do you, when you hear them, will you hear them going through something hard in their life? Does your heart sink? Do, do you sit there and have like that, that little, you know, when I hear these things, when I get that phone call, when I see my wife come to me and she's going to tell me something, and I see the look on her face, and I start to hear those words come out of her mouth, the one of you who's suffering, it does something. It just brings that countenance down. Fear comes up in me. Oh, what's the remedy for my fear? Same thing, they're the one going through it. The love of Christ. That's what's going to cast out that fear. That's how we can love one another. Perfectly. Is by His perfected love. Hereby, oh, I'm sorry. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in, in us, and his love is perfected in us. And that love that Christ has is that sacrificial love. That's the difference. That's the one where Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's that sacrificial love. Their needs are put above your needs. Love for them is greater than love for yourself. We don't get there naturally. We can't get there naturally. We're too busy feeding ourselves, clothing ourselves, making sure self has whatever it needs every day of our life. But the love of Christ puts others above self. Verse 13 tells us, hereby we know something. Hereby we know that we dwell in Him. And He in us, because He's given us of His Spirit. He's given us of His Spirit to testify to us that He loves us. This is how we know we dwell in union with Him. It's because of love. It's love. I know, I've said that word a lot. But truly, everything comes back in the Word of God to God's love to us. And that's reciprocating love because of Him. Because of what His Son has done. Because of the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Because of what the Holy Spirit reveals to us, the blood. Reveals to us the body. Reveals to us the propitiatory work. Reveals to us that we're justified in Him. Reveals to us that we're holy in him all of this is because of his love and we have seen look at verse 14 we have seen and we do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world notice what love does love is an action word Love in the soul of the child of God is an action word. It compels. It constrains. 
It brings us to testify of the Son to be the Savior of His people. Not you and I. It testifies of the Son that He's the Savior of His people. We have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The last verse told us that we dwell in Him and He in us because He's given us of His Spirit. These are the antidotes for that fear that we're getting to. His Spirit. His Spirit reveals His love. Verse 14. Our testify. You know, have you ever... Sometimes I've said these things to my wife and, I, and sometimes I keep a lot in and nothing comes out. I just keep it in. I internalize. Sometimes they're fear. Sometimes they're... Sometimes the Lord blesses that for me, though. When I open my mouth and I confess what I'm worried about, I hear the words, and it's like the Lord convicts me right then. Are you kidding me? You're fearful of that? Don't you know my love? Don't you know what I did on the cross? And then he causes me to testify of him. This is what you've done. A lot of our outward speaking is because of what we we personalize in our mind and our heart and everything that's in our natures and they come out and mixed at times and all of a sudden we're speaking about self and self and self and self. I remember a long time ago when we first had all the children out there and they were all very little. I mean, this was when we first got all of them in there. Some of them were barely walking and talking and we get them in there and one of the very first things that the Lord laid on my heart to ever teach them was that little acronym, JOY. Jesus, others, yourself. They thought that was cool. You know, you wrote down the boy, oh, it spells joy. Yes. But it's a lifelong message that the Holy Spirit must reveal to you and I. That Jesus is always first. The brethren are always second. Then yourself. That's it. That's how the Lord works. That's what John is telling us to say. We have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. This union is what we, we long to understand, and His love is what reveals it to us. John 15, 4 and 5 says this, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. That's union. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Ye are the receiving of the nutrients. You are the receiver of the love. You are the receiver of the faith. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. That's what he tells us. We will bear fruit. We will bear his love. Because his love, he loved us first. Because of him. And that's what he ends that text with. For without me, ye can do nothing can't even love now you and i today can can make shift in our mind a form of love that we can get to i know i love my wife i know i love my family i know i love the people in this room i know i love this i know i love that we're talking about pure love here the purity of the love of christ that's what john's talking about that's what casts out all these fears we have you and i today even as we're talking now we have fears you can you, May the Holy Spirit reveal to you now what those are. And the only thing that's going to remedy that is His perfect love. 
whosoever, 15, shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. God dwelleth in him and he in God. That's why I said it's an, it's an action word. It's what Paul tells us in Romans 10, 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Love and faith. That, that's what works the child of God. That's what, remember, what, that's how we started this this morning. When we look back in verse uh, 9, that's how we live. That's how we live by his love. That's how we live by his faith. That's him. That's his, his power. Do you feel it? Do you, have you experienced him revealing himself so powerfully in your, in your life that at the end of that you say, it had to be him. That had to be his love. I've been in that situation I don't know how many times and I haven't been moved to love like that. Where'd that come from? Didn't come from your nature. Didn't come from some something you stored up in yourself. Came from the love of Christ that constrains us. And here, hereby we know. And oh, I'm sorry, verse sixteen. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. That's what love has done. Now, works with faith and reveals the knowledge of God. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Union. See that? We dwelleth in God and God in him. That's a union. That we, we, the same love that, that Jesus had to lay down his life for you and I is the same love that he gives us to love one another. That's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful. And then we come to verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now I hinted already on that day, but let's talk about the smaller days of judgment. Let's talk about those smaller days that happen every day. Let's talk about those days when conviction comes and the Holy Spirit comes and reveals to you that you are a sinner. Reveals to you that you've come short to Him. Reveals to you and says to you, Thou art the man. Does that not bring you fear? Brought David fear. Brings me fear too. We need to hear the voice say, it's not, I'm not going to require your life, David. You're safe. That's what we need. We need to know we're safe in the ark. We need to know that His blood covered that sin. We need to know that His atonement was for us. That's what he says. We may have boldness in that day of judgment. That boldness comes from his love that constrains us. It's that love that, that reveals to us that we are in that number. It's that love that, that makes us stand before him justified and that love that reveals to us that we're justified. Because see, the rest of that verse tells us something absolutely miraculous. Because as he is, as Christ is right now ruling, as He is in the perfectness of truth, in the perfectness of love, in the perfectness of faith, as He is, so are we in this world. Does that blow your mind? Blows mine. As I walk on this earth, Christ in me, the hope of glory, is the same Christ who's reigning over all of the earth. 
as he is, so are we as we walk in this world. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Do we have any lack in him? Is he not enough? Is he not sufficient? Does that not cast out fear in your mind? Does that, does that when we come to that as, as he is, so are we in this world? Where is Christ today? Is he safe and secure from the world? So are you and I today in this world. Where is Christ today? Is he dwelling in perfection? Is he dwelling where nothing can touch him? Absolutely. That's the way we are in this world, in Christ. You say, oh, wait a minute. This disease could get me. This, this could get me. Can it touch your soul? Can it touch who you really are? I pity you if you look in the mirror every day and you see that body and you say, that's who I am. I pity you. That's not who you are if you be in Christ. We're so much more in Christ Jesus. We're more than conquerors. We're victorious. That's what our message tells us today. There's no fear in His love. But that perfect love cast out fear because that fear has torment. That tells us the difference of that fear and the fear that He puts in our hearts. It's to, it's what, one is holy and just and good and reveals Christ and, and, and gives us an awe and a holiness and a, and a fearfulness to sin. That's what that is. That other fear that has torment, that's not from the Lord. That's what he told us in 2 Timothy 1. God's not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us power and love and a sound mind. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth not, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. That makes sense, doesn't it? When we're fearing, we're not made perfect in his love. We don't see it. We're not, it's not that it's not there. It's not being applied to us. We're applying our own. We're, we're sitting there looking, Lord, that's not enough for me. We need him to sit us at his feet and to reveal this love. Put us in that place where we don't see ourselves, that we don't see that fear, that we don't see anything else. Because that's when we're told in our text, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Do you know the difference? Do you know when that fear is mingled with a little bit of belief or, I mean, you know, there's still doubt. There's still, that's, that's not a perfect love. Have you experienced that perfect love where he just took that fear away from you and he said, whether it's your, your salvation, yes, you're complete in me. Whether it's your sin, yes, my blood has covered that sin. Whether it's the fear of pestilence or the things... My God brings those for my good. Romans 8.28 tells me that. Those who love God, who are, lo who are called, who are predestinated, who are chosen by Him. My Lord does that for me out of love. That's what love constrains and tells us. The last text I'll share with you today is 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 57. Paul, at the end, of course, says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? 
Today I ask you those questions because those things are prevalent in our mind. Death and the grave are very prevalent to us. Are you fearing them? Is it a tormenting fear? And you all, you know, we all have those moments where we do, where it becomes a lot more real to us. What can take that away? What's the only remedy for that? Christ's perfect love. Verse 57 tells us, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No other way. And we wouldn't want it that way. I hope when you read that you say, oh yes, I have victory through Christ and there's no other way because there certainly has no victory in me. There's no victory in self. There's no victory in this world. There's no victory in knowledge. There's no victory in nothing without Christ. May the Lord prove that to you and I today. Our text one more time. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Dear Heavenly Father, may you reveal to us that love right now in this hour as it pleases you. May you shed it abroad in our hearts. May you remove all fears that we have, all fears that will come. O Lord, may you bring us to sit at thy feet. May you reveal to us thy blood. May you reveal to us thy perfect sacrifice. May you cast all of the unbelief and all the fears away. For truly, Lord, all glory belongs unto thee. Salvation is of the Lord. May you reveal that salvation now by thy love. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.